And here we are on the streets of Neo Joyzy. Uh, and up on the red carpet are coming some of Neo Joyzy's most eligible bachelors fighting for the top spot on the bachelor board. Oh, can you believe it? It is the inimitable, the card battler, Joey Wheeler. Joey, can you tell us something about your aspirations? Hey, come on, I'm literally walking here on this walkway, but all right, I'll give you a couple of seconds. So it turns out that I'm probably the most eligible bachelorella prosciutto on the block. I see, and, and uh, what will you do with the clout and the panache that you get? Are there any aspirations that you have, any goals, any long-term goals you want to achieve? Hey, hey, if you can't see the three feet past your red eyes black dragon that I... To see that I'm walking here, then come on! I ain't got no more use for this guy. What do you say to your sister Serenity, who's recovering from yet another My surgery? My sister Serenity, her eyesight's real bad! Okay, well thank you. Uh, it looks like... Oh, incredible. Hopping off of his uh, Megas XLR, it is Coop. Coop, tell us, do you think that you have a shot against Joey Wheeler? Hey man, I've, I've got uh, the best shot, because I've got the hottest hot rod. And as for Joey... You upstaged my tux, you exercised the demon powering my mech, and you spilled my 1984 Chateau Cabernard. Hey, if you want to talk about exchanging shots, then come over here and block, knock your block off. Ah, and uh, Carl, you're, you're still quite a ways down the bachelor board. Do you have anything to say? Don't matter. None of this matters. Uh, you may want to do a little tonal shift in your voice just, just so that it's not Zane and then Zane and then Zane. But a lot of Zane. It is a lot of Zane. I mean, this like, an this anime is very Zane focused. This is a very Zane forward anime. Yeah. But it's also a Ben forward anime, which is surprising. That, <laughs> I wasn't sure. Oh man! I mean, like considering my love of like parody. Mm-hmm. And sardonic humor? Like, this is good, man. Oh, yeah. This is good. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Cast. My name is Ben. My name is Zane. And we are the most eligible podcast in Neo Yokio. That's right, the Cast here to review old cartoons and see what we think of them as adults. And the Cast and... could really go for a big Toblerone right about now. I could I could go for a, a, I could go for a crazy martini, I tell you that. I'll tell you that for free. <laughs> Amazing how Toblerone forward the humor in this is. It is. It is. Um, it's the Toblerone really emphasize. It's really the focal. <laughs> the focal image. chocolate. It's well. It's certainly the focal chocolate. Mm -hmm. um, but it is also the perfect prop to explain the product that is. The show because it, it's a mass marketed comp like anybody can buy it but it's intended for the reach yeah yeah the, the, <laughs> there is like that's the, a classy candy for no reason it's 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 40 percent more expensive than it needs to be because of like the price most of the price is in the is in the uh exquisiteness it, like it's it's like the ferrero rocher kind of mm -hmm. thing it's like oh french chocolate <laughs> profit you, You've gone just enough high in uh, quality that you've hit the threshold where increasing the price actually makes it easier to sell to people. Oh, we should have had um, Elzar on. Bam! Uh, the, in the intro. Uh, you're going to really like that Toblerone. It's got an excellent profit margin. <laughs> Bam. 
but yeah, this you know Neo Yokio. It it came on let the me, scene. Let me help you rewind the clock, Zane. It was a simpler time, 2017. Let's, let's go back to the 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 early funk flying highfalutin disco year of 2017. Listen, I don't know, man. Surprisingly good is, year for disco. <laughs> if you don't, this is going to be like when we were talking about Adam Sandler. If you weren't looking at Neo Yokio the year that it was in vogue, you will not understand what the what the space was like around that because in 2017 we're firmly in the 2010s of everyone gets to be an anime fan now yeah it's mainstream baby and this is so on first pass one could dismiss it as trying to cash in on the anime craze Mm -hmm. we have you know jaden smith he's not exactly known (laughs) <laughs> for pushing the pushing the artistic envelope, uh, as as sometimes happens with the with the celebrity families, so one could be dismissive about like, oh, Jaden Smith tried to do an anime, and he's the main character. Like this is going to be some real masturbatory, not very good shit. But it's actually masturbatory visionary shit. It it it, it succeeds on a number of metrics, and yes, it's masturbation not, being kind of one of them. Yeah. I've never read so many think pieces about Neo Yokio where it's clear really? like where where it's clear that whoever is the reviewer of whatever website or, or YouTube uh, essayist um feels like they they need to say something about it but the answer is always yeah I don't know how to feel about this man <laughs> really I this is the clearest thing I've ever seen like it's <laughs> there's it like Forget well, forget subtlety. The subtlety is gone. Like the tone yeah. of this is as hot pink as the rest <laughs> of it. Because uh, it's, it's I have it's, no it's... trouble seeing the purpose or execution or mm-hmm. anything from this. Yeah. It it's clear that there is uh something it's trying to say. Uh and it's oh, it's, it's just 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 really one thing very very loudly. <laughs> just check this shit out. Well, the the thing it's I mean, like I can say it right at the top. I don't think it's going to come as a big surprise. It's that f- fuck high society, more or less. Yeah, <laughs> specifically um, kind of New York high society, which is what Neo Yokio is the global off elite. Of. Yeah, I've heard your yes. <laughs> I've heard your rants before. Yeah, you you read my Tumblr. Yeah, it's it's um so it's a show about the elite uh, and the old money versus the neo riche. I'll get into that. Love you it. know, phrase. It's so Love good. It. it tells you everything you need to know. Um, and it follows this character, Kaz Khan. Um, Kaz and, Khan. And the the show is basically, at first glance, it does seem like it's in love with high society, right? It dwells so long on the specific brands and the specific, you know, lazy, like, oh, I'm going to just follow my whims. Well, but it's also clear that it's destroying people. <laughs> well, not only that, but like... It's it's like the classic Merchant of Venice. If you wanted to vilify the Jews, you wouldn't have made this character sympathetic. Right. If you wanted to, <laughs> uh, if you wanted to uh, Idolize deify the rich. high society, you wouldn't have made it this like so clearly out of touch with reality and vilifiable. Yeah. yeah. Like the it's, show it's, wants you to laugh at how stupid they are. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like Oran High, right? Like <laughs> these a people little, have no idea how to exist. It's, we it's are meant a, to laugh at them. It's a little bit more vicious of a critique than Oran High. 
I, I Oron think High the, is just that they're useless. This is oh, that yeah. they're destructive. <laughs> yeah. And I think um, the reason people don't see this necessarily as an anti-capitalist uh, work of art is because you you don't usually focus on how modern society and hyper-capitalist systems, uh, usually you're focused on how that hurts the underclass. But it's also really interesting to see just how destructive it is toward the lives of of the of the wealthy. That's a really good point. And you know, one of the main focal kind of relationships in this, which is uh, Kaz Khan and his erstwhile confederate um, Helena uh, Saint Tessero. Saint Tessero. They're kind of like the polar opposites, and like Kaz is kind of going with the flow and embracing the capitalistic, high society, high fashion lifestyle. And Helena St. Tessero kind of starts to break away from it. But what we find is that there is no breaking away from it. Yes. Even so... <laughs> in rejecting it, she becomes part of it. Yes, this this concept of sublimation of the revolution where uh, a society can neuter a revolutionary movement or a, or a counterculture by just absorbing it into yeah. the culture itself. Yeah, death by assimilation, yeah. Um, yeah, so now that we've gotten our hot takes out of the way, uh, I'm going to run down mm. the production because uh, now people will will hate listen to hear that yeah. we enjoyed this so much. I really hope so. <laughs> Nothing else to do with it. Uh, so Neo Yokio came out in uh, on Netflix in 2017, and it was followed up by a Christmas special the next year, which is not canon, but who cares? It feels like they wanted to put out more seasons of this. It feels like they were trying to go somewhere. Oh, I kind of... I mean, like, it's one of those rare properties where I wouldn't have minded seeing more seasons, but I also feel like the first season is very well self-contained. Yeah, I mean, uh, like, it has I'll, I'll, I'll one, get to it. It has one very, like, obvious message, and it did say it. Um, the show was created by Ezra Koenig of the band Vampire Weekend, best known for their song Holiday. Mm. I know that as a millennial, I shouldn't have had to look that up, but I did. Mm-hmm. It was produced by Anime Studios Production IG, known for Haikyuu and the cutscenes from Tales of Symphonia. That is... Uh, uh, the, <laughs> I didn't see Tales of Symphonia. Let me tell you, I I got a real Boondocks vibe from there's, the character there's models There's Boondocks in energy. Um, yeah, it, it does feel a little bit like Frasier Boondocks Fruits Basket. Not the least of which is because everyone talks like a Boondocks white guy. Y- yeah. The, the excessively <laughs> British... Kind of thing. Um, it was also uh, produced by Studio Dean, which we've seen in Ronma One Half. Hmm. Okay. Uh, and so, even though the studio, so there's there's controversy. Um, controversy. Uh, the controversy that I think people focused on to the detriment of the point of the show. Um, even though the studios are Japanese and it is heavily anime inspired, Ezra states that it is not an anime because it's not created in Japan or written by a Japanese person. He considers it a collaboration. Um, I, 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 people are so upset about these things that are just fucking fluid definitions. <laughs> right. Like, anime is just a word, man. Like, it doesn't mean the thing that it once meant. So, it, mm-hmm. like, it, it, it adapts. Is, the, the answer to is Avatar and anime is like, who fucking cares? <laughs> is it worse? Is it better? Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, I'm never gonna stop uh, being mad. It's um, I didn't the, realize the, it had the, controversy though. Well, the definition, you know, people argue it has to be created primarily by Japanese artists and writers, and that works in most cases. But it gets into weird territory where, like, 
panty and stocking is considered an anime, but Ruby isn't. And that's I mean, just, that's off. <laughs> who cares, though? <laughs> oh, well, Ben learns on the internet. Oh, okay. Um, but also... The uh, high he, society of the world. <laughs> but in terms of the characters, you know, uh, he wanted the anime style, but he also wanted a multiracial cast and uh, multiracial relationships, literally to stick in the eye of anime Nazis, uh, which are white supremacists who are also super into anime. Oh, Good yeah. for them. I when you said anime Nazi, I wasn't kind of sure which direction that was. That yeah, the that, Hentalia, yeah. Yeah, well, well, I wasn't sure if that was if that was coming from the other direction, like you know, some you know, um, uh, what what's the the thing that the far right called people Nazis for? I can't remember. Oh, anything. Yeah. So you, I was wondering <laughs> if maybe that he he meant oh, it this, in that way, but thankfully yeah. it seems like it's the right uh No, this isn't a Godwin a Godwin thing. He he wanted to make an anime that people would watch that just happened to be multiracial because he knew it would piss them off. Any kind of media that whose stated goal is piss off the Nazis has a check mark in my book. Mm-hmm. Uh he says the show was directly inspired by Tokyo Babylon, which is about high society demon exorcists, as well as Jeeves and Worcester. The British comedy about a rich buffoon and his butler. Well, that's fucking plain to see. <laughs> now, famously, um, the main character no. is voiced by Jaden Smith, and Ezra considered this the most important casting decision. He knew he I, didn't want to voice... I would agree with that, honestly. Uh, it's And it's weird because it's such a flat delivery. <laughs> Can I... Um, uh, yeah, it, it is, but... Um, well, they thought he would have a unique read, right? He liked the interpretation of the character. It works in a lot of ways, and I don't know if I, I don't know if I would credit Jaden Smith as a voice actor with that so much as like this was just an inspired casting decision. It's very yeah. possible that he didn't give any particular intonation or spin on it. Like, I mean, sure, Jaden Smith did a fine job, but I doubt he has the kind of voice actor range that we've seen from some other cartoons. For people who don't know, Jaden Smith is Will Smith's son who was born into, you know, this uh, very wealthy lifestyle and wanted to be in the public consciousness a lot. He's a Twitter philosopher, famously. Uh, oh, I have man. some I have some Jaden Sw- Smith tweets here, which oh, I'm just going to... Oh, boy, Zane, one of us load. is going to have to change, because I, I also <laughs> took the liberty of writing down some Jaden Smith facts, um, and I guess we can, we can share our pepperage throughout the show. I'm just going to uh, do these quotes them. now, because they're all right here. Go for it. Uh, so here's some tweets. Uh, one of his most famous ones. How can mirrors be real if our eyes aren't real? <laughs> that's 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 very nearly drill levels of <laughs> of, of Twitter meme. This, this one's very drill as well. I only apply to the Sixth Amendment. Apply. I <laughs> only apply. One? Every like the noun, the verb, <laughs> every piece of that is. That, then I it's have just two beautiful walnut to crack. Then there's two here that I think are just good, honest observations. Um, the biggest flex anyone will ever have is dying. And, I kind of like that. And <laughs> that moment, that moment when peeing feels so good, you start crying. <laughs> and finally, these these ones are kind of worrisome. The head of the Sphinx will fall off in the near future. <laughs> Ooh. Okay, and, so he's now a prophetist. And. I need someone to fabricate a shipping container for me. Uh, I just love it. You're you're kind of killing me with this knowledge, <laughs> though, because I, I yeah, the, tell me about the, the man the, himself. the The man himself paints a more dismal portrait than those tweets would suggest. <laughs> yes, you know, because the, the tweets 
sound like they're from a modern Willy Wonka of sorts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it turns out that he's real big into conspiracy theories. Chemtrails, the Illuminati, that whole thing. Yeah, yeah. I want you have to, to give keep, him the benefit you have of the to keep people paying attention to you. I kind of want to give him the benefit of the doubt is that it's tongue in cheek, but I don't know. Um, apparently, he wanted to be emancipated at like fifteen years of age. Sure. So, and and they let him do it. There, there's um, no way to grow up normal, rich, and yeah, you know, it's probably a good roll of the dice to get away from that while you can. I I kind of agree. I I mean like. It, it's not like he stopped being rich. He just stopped being. He was rich on his own. But yeah, yeah. But you know, I think it. I think it's part of what informs the character so well. It does. Um, also informs the character is that uh, Jane Smith is non-binary. Apparently, mm-hmm. wearing non-conventional clothes like skirts and dresses. It sure comes across in the whole like high fashion. You know, Kaz is gonna yes and any kind of fashion high society shit it kind of doesn't matter what it is because high fashion is inherently arbitrary and like yeah it, it's a con game right it's people who can sell it you that this is what it is part of the in group yeah. yeah yeah um but yeah uh so you know you have these disparate sides to this person i know very little about you know tweeting about chemtrails being non-binary and cool applying to being, the sixth uh, amendment bad rapper just like so many other people in the kind of broader actor family circle. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Kaz Khan. And, you know, I think that the, the scales of conviction tip toward Jaden Smith. Uh, I, <laughs> you know, I, I, I kind of like what this guy's putting down. I don't think I'm going to follow him too closely, but um, he does yeah. seem to be among the neo riche. <laughs> He is one of, maybe not one of the good ones, but one of the more, one of the less problematic ones. Yeah, so so it's worth uh, discussing the world building of Neo Yokio briefly, oh, because it's alluded can, to. We can, but can I just say, none of it matters, man. No, but it's amazing, though. It is amazing, and I love it, but like, it, it. It's amazing, and it matters in that no one pays attention to the amazing parts. It, it's it, really it, good. It gives a reason for our main character to have to, a job that only he can do. Please don't assume that we're going to continue talking about the plot, because we we couldn't. We couldn't. Right. It's, we can it's talk about causes. setting uh, a stage, and then mm-hmm. nothing. So, yeah, go ahead. Plot. We, yeah, we can Plot talk me, about boy. Kaz, you know, demon slaying, or we can talk about Kaz lending his likeness to a brand of, like, mozzarella-flavored <laughs> wine spritzers. <laughs> so, give me, um, give the, me the, the, back, the backstory here is that demons started hitting Neo-Yokio, which is just New York-Tokyo combined. They, they actually did a few combination societies that are referenced. It's um, one of those things where, like, it's an alternate history, but it's also anachronistic. Like a watchman. Um, yeah, something like that. So anyway, uh, demons invaded, so old world exorcists known as rat catchers were encouraged to immigrate, and their descendants became high society, and they still handle threats. And because they work, they are considered neo-riche, which is an amazing term because it is just like, it's a modernized version of nouveau-riche. Like, it's it's an yeah. updated term trying to conceal the same class issues of the past, yep. which is all this show is. It's beautiful. And can I also say another mm-hmm. little bit of uh, 
wonderful um world building wonderful like little little moments rat catchers as mm. like this sort of dismissive way to refer to demonic exorcists like <laughs> right. other pests and we want to get rid of them these are the handymen these are the, the the low class that do that it also suggests that the demons were once a much more widespread widespread problem nowadays they just like inhabit like fashion and sh- you know champagne and stuff I kind of like the idea that as society has sort of atrophied into this like tumor of high fashion and mm. celebrity status that demons by and large lost interest. <laughs> well, I think that the demons are still haunting the common man. We do not see the common man <laughs> throughout this show. We see exactly one and he's the least common man a common man can be. Yeah, he's this weird lackey of the system. We do uh in the final episode uh before the Christmas episode, we do see Kaz um going into a grand pre-race through the city which happens to go through and like demolish a shanty town and people just start like throwing themselves onto him to attack and he says you know, oh, I'm starting to think Neo Yokio is not the greatest city in the world. And that is the sum total of character progression we get from him in this season, which is why I think maybe it should have gone more. I actually kind of like that it's just that one moment. Uh, like what I would have really liked is if it happened halfway through the season hmm. and still no change still in behavior. Nothing. Because it's hard. That's, that's what happens like by and large you know celebrities kind of do this every so often and we realize that like even if the feelings aren't just a publicity stunt of Mm -hmm. like trying to like wash seals or whatever it 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 doesn't stick with them it's not their every day they're not always living in a shanty town trying to make ends meet they're living the life of the rich and famous and for that not it's habituation you know you you adapt to that hermit crab shell you just won't have feelings about the poor little people if you're not yeah. constantly around the poor little people. It just, just doesn't happen. You, you see the disparity in Neo Yokio itself where you see like a good chunk of the city is underwater and people just live there. But also the Twin Towers are still there, but they're covered in gold. I got to admit, I, a lot of this <laughs> washed over me as just like as soon as they brought out the flying butler. Yeah, there's robots. Uh, yeah, well, kind of, <laughs> sort of. I, I, I more or less just was like, it's just, it's, it's just every sci-fi, every sci-fi yeah. all at once. We're, Sounds we're twenty good. minutes into the future, and it's the dumbest future. Well, it's it's twenty minutes in five different temporal directions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and there are a couple of other like just little snippets of world building that I liked, like when somebody references the prime minister of Chanel. Good shit. And that yeah. at some point, Italy and Japan merged into Giappone. Oh, uh, that, that's also pretty good. Like, there's just a lot. It's like B-movie, right? There's some, somebody put a lot of thought into making this work. Yeah, but the, the, the important thing to note is that any given plot, any given episode is not focused on demons. Nope. Like, it's an afterthought, if that. Yeah, this is um, much more of the Frasier style of storytelling, where it's like, a problem it's, occurs that is a problem only for rich people. It's it's like Harvey Birdman because mm. like there's a surreal, like you know Harvey Birdman. It's a superhero society. People are flying around and shooting lasers at each other, and we're all of the yeah. conversations worth having are in like the lawyer lounge after the trial. Yeah, a problem occurs that should draw our attention to fundamental problems of society. Everyone's used to it here. 
Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, Kaz Khan, he's our he's our main boy. Yeah. The name Kaz is definitely meant to sound like Cash, right? Probably. I, I, I didn't get like any mind. His name evokes the phrase "catch as catch can," uh, which means making do with whatever's available. But I can't really put anything cohesive together on that front. I just can't really ignore it. I have to assume it's an alias of some sort. Hmm. Just you know, for for you know, so his name pops. But yeah, he's uh, Neo Yokio's most eligible bachelor, fighting for the top spot with Archangelo Corelli, his nemesis. Um, he does demon exorcism work that is arranged by his aunt Agatha to uh, feed his lavish lifestyle. And he just goes around, you know, hanging out with the uh, upper class people, you know, dating and doing business opportunities. He's just, just so kind of easily suggestible. Like, he doesn't oh, yeah. really have a lot of agency at all, almost. Like, it, it's, it, there's, he, he sort of is, um, remorse, not remorseful. He, he sort of resents that he has to do the rat catcher work in order to, continue to be in the neo riche he resents it yeah i said resents oh, um you? yeah the second one i i i've i've i flubbed my i joey wheelered my words a few times before I'll, i landed I'll, on resents. I'll cut it up nice no <laughs> leave it all in man this is yeah, look, we'll look this this is this is how the um diamond crusted rolex is made <laughs> in the in the um pink christmas there is a scene where the sales clerk is shopping for a fancy watch, and he's like, Domino's made a Rolex? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Domino's made a <laughs> It's really funny. <laughs> a joke that goes nowhere. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Kaz is resentful that he has to do the, the, the grunt work as a member of the Neo-Riche. Like, he's mm-hmm. kind of like, he wishes he could be old money, but he also defends being new money when Archangelo's in the room. He he just doesn't want to be an outcast in any way, shape, or form. Well, he's he's showing that um, inclination of people who are indoctrinated into this society, which is that the first off, you're only aware of people one level higher or one level lower on the class spectrum than you, um, and you both aspire to and resent anybody higher than you. Yeah, it's it's kind of like um, Kaiji from uh, the Kaiji Ultimate Survivor. You know, he is constantly like vandalizing uh, luxury cars while kind of uh, bemoaning his fate as um, as like a, a day worker. Yeah, and we and we recognize that as being uh, hateful of, of the system when it's an average class guy. When it's the guy who's like second most rich, it's harder to empathize, which is where the, you know, the comedy comes from. The yeah, the comedy comes from the fact that he doesn't recognize how small his world is. Let me like give you every an time he doesn't realize that his problems don't matter to mm-hmm. anyone. It's very funny. And people try to tell him. <laughs> um, yeah, let me give you an example. In one ear out the other. Uh, there is a in the second episode he wears a suit that he realizes is not black it is the darkest shade of midnight blue mm-hmm. and uh, Archangelo calls him out on it and so he rushes to the store to change and yeah. you know to get a new suit and when they go to the ball Archangelo is wearing the the blue suit because he's you know he's trendier it's the next best thing yeah and Kaz just like He's just chasing the trends. He has no like internal 
uh, direction to go. He's just, you know, he's he's buffeted about by everybody else's expectations. Yeah, rudderless. I mean, and this, you know, arguably, it could be a broader point about when you are on the pinnacle of societal, you know, um, strata, there is sort of this, this, this loneliness that comes with it that makes you very, very uh, vulnerable to wanting to belong. Like mm-hmm. anyone can twist your arm when... I don't know, man. You see this fucking Trump all the time. Like, yeah, well, he's, Be- Bezos, Musk, yeah, like it, these, these people. You surround yourself with only the rich and elite. You, you get such a stilted view of how people interact. And yeah, it's... Because you don't get to that point without being insecure unless you're born well, into it. And Kaz is this interesting, like, middle ground between those options. I kind of... I wouldn't mind that being explored kind of further. We don't kind of get the multi-generational like what because aunt agatha she kind of has her eyes on the prize she isn't rudderless she is focused she's like she's you have to do this had to work for it exactly i want to know more about why she's that way <laughs> i want to know where the fucking where the mom went <laughs> I oh know yeah what happened to his parents it's 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 like in ducktales we only have aunts and uncles that <laughs> that is true also no one's wearing pants very weird so um <laughs> So Kaz, how do you think about him as like, as like a a protagonist? Because it's it's a weird, it sort of reminded me of Life and Times of Tim, mm. which is just that like there are events happening around him and he kind of can't figure out how to choose anything. It's he's always wrong. He's very um, suggestible. Yeah, I mean he's he's trying to learn kind of the basics of society in a way that you would have expected him to figure out at least a little by now. Like, he feels like a blank slate at times. He does. Um, I thought, I also saw in him, um, remember in Over the Garden Wall how Wirt assumed everybody hated him, but nobody did? Mm -hmm. I think Kaz is kind of the opposite, where he just kind (laughs) of goes, you, you remember in the first episode where he's talking to this old man about his dead wife, and he's like, listen, old man, check out these perfumes. They're way better than the, the shit that you got your wife. And just clearly not getting that the guy was yeah. getting increasingly mad at him. He was just sort of like figuring stuff out in his head in this Scooby-Doo like, and the demons in the perfume. Ah, I have no more time for you, old man. I must away. That is exactly how it how it plays. And I can't <laughs> believe that I didn't notice it because this was the first episode and I was still under the impression that it was about demons. It's not. Yeah, you demons you te- are there, <laughs> but no one gives a shit. You you texted me, me after like ten seconds. You're like, I can't, I can't handle this. There's too much here. Yeah, I'm already overstimulated. Already over. Yeah. I mean, um, what was your reaction? Because I had seen this before, and I knew going in, like, okay, boy, I didn't. I know the plot. I can just sink in the messaging that is much more clear the second time around. Uh, but but how did you feel going into it the first time? My impressions of it were probably during a year where I just had a lot of trashy anime coming my way. So I, I kind of just lumped it in. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't expecting anything on the level of like class commentary or what, what, what the loneliness of high society does to a young and impressionable <laughs> mind. So I was very pleasantly surprised, not merely that they're showing us this character, but that it seems to be a very, well understood self own by by Jaden. It's so surprisingly subtle 
in that critique because everything else, especially about that first episode, is gut punch after gut punch of tone shift. <laughs> yeah, but like, I don't know, like the the, the tone, the whole show is sort of a, a self-aware microcosm of Jaden Smith's relationship with high society. Like, mm-hmm. Kaz is overdramatically aggrieved by the minor turnings of rich person living. Yep. And I, and I think that it's satire because the tone's so deadpan and Kaz <laughs> is so embroiled in his own dumb world that it's hard to imagine it's not tongue-in-cheek. Like, there's no other way to read it. Yeah. No, absolutely. At, at the same time, I have another Jaden Smith fact that kind of yeah, throws, yeah, throws that into question. Uh, once when discussing teenagers who attend public school, he said that kids who go to normal school are so teenagery, so angsty. <laughs> I don't know if this uh, was a little bit just... of projection there. Mm, 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 mm. <laughs> the, yes, the, uh, the the boy who wanted to be emancipated at 15 is being teenagery and angsty, say. <laughs> but I think that the entire work is both a commentary on the lifestyle and also a criticism of himself because even though he recognizes even though Kaz kind of I don't know how much Kaz recognizes that he's part of it but with the character of Helena we get this impression that he that that Jaden can't really find his way out of this life like Helena even when he's tries to reject it yeah, Helena tries to reject it. She's like, no, I'm totally anti-capitalist. I'm not showing up to this fancy party to, like, rub elbows. I'm going to show mm-hmm. up in my hospital gown, which yeah, then so, just becomes the new the new hip trend so, because so it's Helena, all meaningless. Helena St. Tessero is the secret main character who has an actual plot arc. Um, so she's voiced by Tavi Gevinson, who is an actual f- fashion blogger, not a voice actor. Um, so she she she's that the only other person very who obvious. also comes across as very flat. Uh, not merely flat. Like most of the main characters, with the exception of like maybe Jude Law, and his and by the way, Jude Law's in this, <laughs> and 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 Jaden's delightful little hangers on. Aside from those characters, everyone's a pr- Helena's particularly not great <laughs> as a voice <laughs> actress. I'm sorry to say. So so the character of Helena. Uh, gets possessed in the first episode. Um, she, you know, starts realizing that there's a problem with the society. She tries. Oh, she to goes bring full Hikikomori. Hikikomori. <laughs> that, yeah, everyone really... just says it like it's understood. <laughs> yeah, like they don't. They keep referring to Kaz when he's the number one bachelor as the Ichiban, which means like number one. That's so good. They don't explain it. It's just part yeah. of their lexicon. <laughs> no, it hasn't come up since fucking uh, Iron <laughs> Chef. <laughs> It's amazing. <laughs> Iron Chef, which you assume in this world is how they pick generals. Yeah, more or less. Um, yeah, so she... Is he really called Ichiban? Yeah, <laughs> they're like, ah, the Ichiban. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so Helena, you know, fights against it. She, she tra- crashes parties to try and tell people that they're being dumb. But her look, her, like, I'm not dressing up anymore becomes a fashion statement. She's got her hangers on. And eventually she realizes, I can't change the system, but I can try to escape it. And so she may, she she blows up the bachelor board. She becomes a terrorist and then escapes Neo Yokio. Oh, she does. So I didn't watch the last couple episodes. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. 
I kind of figured that it would just kind of be more of the same tonally. Yeah, there's but... a lot of time spent on Archangelo saying to Kaz, like, can we be homies? Call me your homie. Homie. You know you wanna. <laughs> yeah, this this weird twisted bro rivalry that happens in anime. Like, that almost feels like a tongue-in-cheek, poke-poke, wink-nod kind of thing at um, most stereotypical anime where just like boys having feelings at each other is the main way that relationships happen yeah so so archangelo is um he's this uh sort of rival character who if like kaz cares about his rivalry and about being number one but only in as much as people tell him he should care about it um yeah. archangelo is just kind of like he's the gary oak he's a dick um and also he serves as a as a foil to this idea of like starting to dislike the capitalist system in the christmas movie he uh begins to sell the idea of being against the system and uh, against material goods mm. to sell merch that's pretty like good. as a con well that's just that goes right back to my point of like not only is Jaden criticizing the the culture of the new york fancy wealthy socialite he's also making a point that it's not easily escapable once you're in it mm. uh, there's there's a movie that i watched called uh I, I brought it up once before i believe called um irresistible mm -hmm. and it's all about how once you're in the political consultant world you cannot find your way out of it yeah um yeah i, th I think yeah. there's just um I, I think we've all kind of found ourselves in that way in in various point parts in our lives where just there are you know the world has an effect on you and as much as you try to divorce yourself from the parts of society that you hate the most the reason you hate them is because they in impact you it's interesting too because it doesn't seem as a and, and this maybe it goes to the point of just everything being image and you know, kind of the, 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 the Johnny Bravo dilemma where he's just kind of chasing women like he's chasing cars, like a dog chasing cars. Like, it, mm -hmm. it doesn't actually, he, he doesn't know what to do with one. That's kind of the feeling I get from Kaz in his pursuit to be a well-known, so, like, how does he use his privilege? He just, he's rudderless. He's not using it for any purpose. He just wants to hang out. Well, you get the sense that if nobody was yelling at him to do something and if he didn't have any expectations, he would just kind of... Yeah, he'd he go for in bed. Hikikomori. Hikikomori? <laughs> Hikikomori? <laughs> Again, they don't explain what that means. It's very funny. And do should we explain what it means? Oh, I mean, like, it's a, it's, it, it, for the uninitiated, it's um, a fairly um, common thing that has happened in Japan as of the past couple of decades where um, it is possible and sometimes relevant for... Uh, mostly men in their, you know, late 20s, early 30s to just not go outside anymore because there's nothing for them there. They're not in jobs. Neat, I believe, is the term that leads to the Hikikomori. That's the first phase of the Pokemon evolution. First you're a Neat, <laughs> then you're a Hikikomori, uh, and then you ascend to a Blastoise, I think. Right, yeah. <laughs> uh, link in the show notes, I guess. <laughs> yeah, have fun with that. Which um, which link? <laughs> I gave you from Zelda. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. 
I'm not sure what we were talking about. <laughs> Me neither. I, I've gone on a bunch of different tracks, but... Um, um, I guess we can talk about some of the other characters. Um, we mentioned oh. Aunt Agatha, who pushes him to do his work. We have Charles, who tries to be sort of a pro-social force in his life, like like a like a stern tutor who's just trying to get him to gently... He's a nanny. ...do I the mean, right thing. Yeah, he's... he's If Kaz has a morality pet or a moral compass, this is it. But uh, yeah. because Kaz doesn't listen to anyone that isn't Archangelo, it very, very often goes in one ear and out the other. Yeah. So this is a Mecha Butler voiced by Jude Law. Um, I honestly don't have anything to say about him. Like, it's a good vocal performance, but it, he's basically a dog that can fly him wherever he wants to go. You know? mm-hmm. Or a nanny. Who, who occasionally keeps him on task. Yeah, like kind we, of. We, it, it, we mostly discover- a foil. We discover that he's actually being piloted by a small woman who merges her brainwaves with his software. This is not an important plot point. It no, is not it's the, really it's relevant the demons to again. anything. It's the demons again, man. <laughs> who cares? <laughs> uh, what is vitally important? Oh, yeah. Is Kaz's two guys. His <laughs> My boys. On. The West Side Gentlemen. <laughs> the West Side Gentlemen. What are their names? Lexi and Gottlieb. Uh, and these are um, Mero and Deezus. These are talk show hosts that Ezra um, knew personally. He was like, I got to get these guys in on my show. Inspired they have decision. great chemistry. They're so funny. <laughs> <laughs> they're just... Because they're... They have direction yes. and ambition. And they use Kaz's notoriety in order to fulfill that ambition. Like, they can but use they're also his really notoriety, bad so it money. makes sense. They're they're also really like impulsive and bad with money. That's um, fine though. Like it, it, I don't it, know, man. They have character. I get, they do have character. I get the impression that the show wants us to find them um, the more viable lifestyle choice than Kaz. Yeah, like oh, we're starting a small business. It's it's a dumb idea, but you know maybe maybe but, yeah. But at go least somewhere. he's got at least you're going outside, you know. Sure. Yeah. Uh, um, they're just so. F- funny like the, the well, vocal because, talent there is so because good this feels like they came out of the boondocks right you have a yes. mixture of charles's formality kaz's like straight delivery of the weirdest lines and then this african-american vernacular english and the and <laughs> expressing and the yeah and the one guy from the boondocks uh who came back from iraq in the first episode of the boondocks mm-hmm. <laughs> like the the the, the the extreme business mogul's uh dipshit son like wears his shorts down and like is like way just like an incredible depiction of trashy white American. <laughs> I and it's just it I I can't get over the difference in the vocal qualities between these things because you have Charles saying like No yes, one sir, talks ve- like these. Yes, sir, very good sir. And then Kaz is like, the future is an interminable you know abyss of whackness and then lexi shows him like i am messing with you dog <laughs> i miss hey yo b we got you gotta come over to the hockey and we gotta mess with these east town fuck boys to tell them more to what <laughs> like it's incredible it's, it's so, so good the second he said fuck boys i'm like oh boy this is my new i, I didn't realize we were doing this let him pit my ride yeah he's he's they're incredible and maybe the best joke of the series is in i think episode three where <laughs> The business idea they come up with it just slays me. Just like get them on the phone. Yo, we need you to come over. You're gonna be a, you're gonna be the new uh, the new spokesperson for you're gonna be the new spokesperson for Caprese Martinis. You're gonna you're gonna be the Caprese boy, Caprese <laughs> Martini. 
Yep. Is yep. is just like a recurring joke over and over, and every time they say Caprese boy, I lose my shit. <laughs> it's so good. And you see them like pour out this wine that is clearly tomato juice with a little mozzarella like on a on a toothpick. Yeah. <laughs> like this this cannot be good. I don't know. Like I was kind of I, I mean I, like far be it from me, G, but like I was panting for a for a Zarelli martini at the end uh, there. I'm, I was curious, what did you think of the episode where uh these three they go to the Hamptons? Which, in our universe, is like, <laughs> this is where the rich people go on vacation. And in their universe, yeah. it appears to be like, the neo-riche making fun of, like, the slightly less riche. <laughs> it's, it, it, it reminded me of the neighborhood that Beavis and Butthead toured around in. Like, it oh, looks yeah. pretty trailer park, mm-hmm. kind of. Like, it, it looks like a dried up old town that doesn't know what to do with itself. And, um... um and they, uh, Lexi and Gottlieb jump into this magical water that turns them into a woman and a panda. Clear Ronma one half reference. Yeah, it's, and, and then there's it's exactly some, that. Then there's some really interesting like interactions between Kaz and Lexi, where he just straight up says, "Kaz, you don't know how to treat women. You are a problem character. <laughs> you need to yeah, work on this." That's and really Kaz is good. like I don't know what he's on about. Yeah, and he never really learns that lesson. But we no. do get the notion that Lexi is a wonderful is a is a is a wonderful baby trans. It's it's like a beautiful <laughs> coming up like he he's he's learning like, yeah, I miss my I miss my woman body. What? I'm I'm okay with saying that. Gender's like a spectrum, G. Like it, it's that all the time. Like everything he says in that episode is it's such beautiful and that's why it makes me think, like, even though a lot of this show like imbibes kind of like the toxic way relationships are portrayed in celebrity mm. coupledom. The actual intent behind like people, the people who made this do know the right way to treat women. They yeah. just know that everyone at that tier has no fucking clue. And they had to make sure to include a scene with a character that we like to point it yes. out so that we didn't mistake that they just didn't know what they were doing. That's exactly what happened. Because mm-hmm. like, it's we very make stilted our... lines when he does that. <laughs> it's very funny. <laughs> like, first off, gender's a spectrum. Secondly. <laughs> yeah, with the hand and the hip and everything, just, like, going way into it. I just thought it was brilliant. Lexi um, is an amazing character. <laughs> amazing start to finish. Um, and we also have a uh, sales clerk character. Who, who makes sort of a more prominent appearance in the uh, Christmas movie. This is Richard Iowati, uh, the, the British actor. Great casting, I think. Yeah, um, very good. And he is basically, like, like you said before, a working class man who believes so strongly in the rich, lavish lifestyle. Like, yeah. He's bought completely into capitalism. He is a servant to them and he loves it. And it's just a really interesting, like... Clearly, this is from the perspective of Kaz. Is this person actually like this? Well, it's interesting in a couple of ways. The first of which is that, like, he doesn't ever really become anything other than sales clerk. Yeah. Like, that's what he is to Kaz. And, like, he doesn't seem to recognize that he should give his name out when right. meeting people. <laughs> like, he just, he, he's like, no, I want to be referred to as sales clerk. Thank you. But also, we see... Him living in his single bedroom apartment eating ramen like with like the lighting in that scene is so good at like 
this guy does not have backup light bulbs. Like, it's it's a horrible take that at this at this Neo Yokio society that this man has so little and what do you do when you have so little and have no mm-hmm. levers of power to attain more? You you you, you are ripe for demon possession. You yeah, you're just banking on that demon possession. But like and it's, you it's idolize like, because like what else do you do other than watch right. like this is this is the 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 drive that compels us to be interested in celebrities. Is that yeah. we we perceive a life that is more fantastic and less stressful than our own, and we we glorify that. Yeah, but that gets so easily lost in Neo Yokio because we're always looking at the life of the glorified guy, and he the sales clerk is there, so you don't forget that that is also an element of it is that it's glorified from the from the bottom up. Are you familiar with the concept of like temporarily embarrassed millionaires? Uh, like the, remind the me idea, of it. Uh, probably in general. The but, idea yeah. that um, poorer people and working class who still like uphold the right of the richest people to remain extremely rich um, and believe in pull yourself up by your bootstraps mentality. Uh, there's this idea oh, in yeah, no, America that these these are not poor people. These are temporarily embarrassed millionaires. They they will be rich one day, and they want to protect that because they believe in it. Uh, but it's not it you know it's not like they're deluding themselves necessarily. It's just if you you know if if you are confronted with a system that you have limited power over, you can either force yourself to confront it or you can just kind of accept it and one of those just has a much lower psychological cost i think maybe it's the medium that this is in that forces him to be a goofy simp yeah as opposed to a tragic figure like he has to be a funny one yeah Uh, but it is important that they show that he's not doing financially stable exactly it seems it seems like that that make me confused that so many think pieces are like that that don't think that this is a a critique yeah i'm i'm amazed like what else (laughs) is this this is this is just that's why people don't think this is good but but i mean like i can understand why people don't think it's good the voice acting is kind of subpar it the the animation i gotta say is not that great it's kind of choppy it's it's Um, b-movie good right so bad it's good there's there's a but there's a glimmer there like it it's not necessary it doesn't take a long time to watch it's no. not necessarily complex, but it sticks in your brain because there's something it, here that you're not getting anywhere else. There is. It's sort of um, like, I know this is not a good terminology to use, but it, it's the only thing I can think of. It's kind of like shock therapy where just like hmm. the, the notion is that we're confronted with so much bullshit right off the bat that we have no choice but to remember <laughs> the actual message underneath. And it's not underneath. It's right there on top. I mean, it's like it's any that sci-fi, top layer right? Of like the lasagna. it's it's lowering your uh, uh, knee-jerk reaction against critiques of the way that you live, so that it can say something else, right? Um, yeah, I think that's it has what to get you on their... in that in that absurdity. It has to get you on their side first, I guess. So, I just, I guess, I'm I'm just amazed at like what person could watch this and not see the satire. Like, it's so obvious to me. Like, I have a uh, I have a quote from Charlie here. Uh, oh. listeners will remember Charlie from our class of 3000 episode. Wonderful. Um, and he said, uh, 
my friend and I agreed that it is simultaneously the worst and best show we've ever watched together. It's very much a train wreck type of show. We couldn't stop watching. It has such an attention for minute details like fashion and candy, while also making absolutely no sense on a grand plot scheme. I've seen people call it the room of modern anime. Uh, I think oh the comparison God. to the room holds up because there are lines so stupid, delivered so horribly, that they stick with you, many of which feel like they were taken right off Jaden Smith's Twitter. I cried literal tears from laughing so hard at the floating skull chase scene. I'll need to read the, re-watch at least that scene before bed tonight because it works better than any antidepressant I've ever been on. Thanks, Charlie. Huh. There are good points in that, but it seems to lay a lot of the blame at the voice acting, which, granted, it's not good. But, but man, the room of anime? Like, <laughs> I've I seen, the, seen room. the room. I've heard, I've heard the critiques. I've seen other B-movies. The room is... is I can see why the comparison is made, because the room is all about... Um, what the hell is that guy's goddamn name? I can't Tommy remember. Tommy Wiseau? Tommy Wiseau, yeah. So, Tommy Wiseau, his his kind of George Lucas brain led him to believe that he had to make this movie and, like, <laughs> put all the money toward it himself. Like, he never didn't believe. Right. And then it's... The content of it is so clearly bad in a way that he didn't try to make it. I see. Like, it just... It just in, unintentional. Like, there's no intentionality behind it it could not possibly be satire. But this couldn't be anything else <laughs> than satire. I, I think the way that it, uh, you know, it, it's got similar vibes. It's got a similar aesthetic to stuff that is earnestly bad. You know, if you're if you're watching it for just as a show, I, th I definitely see it, right? Like the the way that lines flow into one another the way that scenes just sort of drag on and stay there and they focus so much on stuff that doesn't matter the message is there but if you are watching it uh, for the veneer i don't think that's a that's a wrong way to watch this i guess maybe it's just part of like i'm too i'm too much a creature of the nouveau the 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 nouveau podcast circuit where like <laughs> i don't know what it's like not to be looking for the meaning constantly we're, so we're maybe too it's just pc for our own good yeah, it's just not a reflex for most people, I guess. And, like, what do you do to the glorification of Toblerone society <laughs> if it's not a reflex to look underneath the wrapping paper? Uh, I do think that the skull chase scene is uh, is really good. Remind uh, me which one that's, that was? Was that the so this Midnight is, Blue? This one? is the Midnight Blue one because, you know, he gets tricked into wearing a black tux and he fights. Like, he and the skull jump into a painting, which, like... I guess he can do painting Zane, jumping Zane's, Yeah, Zane's rubbing his eyebrows now trying to figure out how this how crossover's <laughs> over with Mario 64. But the but but yeah, he the the idea is he's trying to hide uh among the like rocky terrain from this floating fire skull thing, but he stands out because he's wearing black against a midnight blue sky, which I think is just a very funny um like bringing in the dumb stuff into what is ostensibly the serious part of the episode even though oh it's not <laughs> yeah none of it is but but let me let me tell you and i think this is kind of like a microcosm of the way the show gives you a bunch of plot but the plot isn't the thing that sticks with you mm -hmm. i only remember the midnight blue background and the skull saying 
I can, what are you trying to hide? I can easily spot your pure black tuxedo (laughs) against that midnight blue background. I don't remember the painting. I don't remember that it was a skull even. I don't remember what he was doing there or what part of the plot it was in. I only remember the dumb little line about the fashion shit, Zane. Because that's what they spent their time on. I know. (laughs) (laughs) I I love that when, uh, when he goes into the clothing store to get the new tux and Archangelo's in the next changing room over. He's like, Yes, Khan, the midnight blue dawn. Oh, Archangelo, what, do you live here? I wish I lived here. Me too. Yeah, there, there's there's some of that, like, homoerotic rivalry going on between the two of them. Uh, um, another great little hilarious thing that I remember that is world-building that doesn't matter, the skull is possessing what is clearly Taylor Swift, but this is oh, right. a bit pop star named Sailor Pellegrino. Pellegrino. Um, who hails from North Cackalacka. Good shit. I, I just love it. That's some fucking Team America World Police business right there. They just, they wrote it straight to my heart. Yeah, it's... It... I, I just... How dare anyone watch this and not give it its due? Mm-hmm. I those think pieces. Take another look, everyone from twenty seven. Honestly, like it's yeah. I mean, like it's it's not pleasantly arranged. Certainly, mm-hmm. it's 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 kind of a frightful mess. But I don't know, man. It just. I, I struggle to imagine the person who bounces off of this because it's stupid. Mm. Like, maybe quality is not good, but the person who is like, oh, it's just vapid, or oh, there's, it's just zaniness, just hasn't taken a fucking second to think about <laughs> the absolute... It's 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 kind of like... Um, it's it's such like a, a triumph of overt subtext (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's 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 kind of like um you know modern art where it's like various shades of blue on a canvas or something and people Mm. will say oh that's not art or my kid can make that yeah and and you know artists will say like you don't understand ever since that artist died we have no idea how to recreate that shade of blue (laughs) like we just we're not sure um it's it's and that kind of backs into the idea of like, oh, I think fashion is dumb, but maybe those very rich people have a good point about it. That That's true. Um, Which is an yeah, interesting it's... thought that I did, wasn't expecting the show to elicit out of me. Like, maybe there is some value in this high class culture because it is culture, but it's still not worth having a high class. I think that like a lot of people look at Neo Yokio as though it's Hamlet written by monkeys when in actuality it's it's the same hamlet but it's written by some crazy trucker cracked out on 4x moonshine like no it's it's... the intentionality of the mad genius that puts the character (laughs) of lexi next to the character of kaz khan and says yes they should be talking to each other all the time, <laughs> and they should be talking right past each other because they don't speak even the same, even close to the same language. 
it's it's not like Hamlet written by a monkey. It's like Hamlet two written by the guy who wrote Hamlet two <laughs> because <laughs> Hamlet two is also insane in this exact way. <laughs> the time machine, right? Shout out to Hamlet two. I remember that fondly. I don't think it was very good, but I remember it fondly. That's correct. But yeah, like I had come into this with, I guess, kind of a lot of rolling my eyes at, oh boy, I know anime that was recommended to me in 2017. We're going to get a lot of panty shots. Mm-hmm. And there's a couple. But that, the point that, that of it, it. <laughs> it's it's just really, it's the one of the best depictions of deadpan humor, fantastically executed. Whoever doesn't get the joke isn't looking hard enough. <laughs> Um, yeah, um, but I do think that uh, people are right to criticize, you know, the animation. It's it's not fantastic. Um, animation pretty... definitely drags. Let me ask you this. I already said that the character models look kind of boondocks to me. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know exactly whether that's the the way they move or the or the the models themselves. I think I think it's partly because it's the anime style on multiracial individuals, and that we just don't have a lot of touchstones for that. Maybe there's a bit of that. Um, how did you feel about, like, the character models of, like, the main... I gotta admit, Kaz Khan's hair always drew focus, and and I didn't really enjoy that. I thought yeah, that they... it was a little too pronounced. It's it's intentional, right? It's, it's a very... Because uh... he's got this bright pink hair, and no one ever really... You know, it's not important that it is... It's just very clearly that at some point he had a rebellious streak and look at me energy. Uh, no, because his whole family has pink hair, too. That's not it. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, ooh. <laughs> hmm. it's unless like it's a family branding thing. But I think what it is, is like kind of a metaphor of like, we're not interested in the person underneath the look. We're interested in the icon of the Caprese boy. Do you remember anything thinking anybody out there who didn't recently watch Neo Yoko Yokio or drink a Caprese martini um now from a can uh <laughs> do you remember anything about Neo Yokio other than fucking pink hair? I bet you don't. <laughs> I bet that that's the, the only thing you remember and that is th- that if if I haven't conveyed it to you thus far, that is the point of this medium. Mm-hmm. Or, or of this message is you don't remember Kaz Khan. You remember pink hair. Period. Done. Send it to. Send it. Send it to. Um, WordPress. Yeah, I was trying to think of a of a think piece site, but I, I I'm coming up blank because I studiously avoid those. Yeah, uh, it was a different time. Um, but yeah, <sighs> the the. You know, I, th- I think the character models are fine. Like, Charles is a big robot. Sells. Uh, people... He looks... I love... He's, he looks very distinctly... Like, it's it's a very funny, like, minor joke that he looks exactly like a Gundam, but shrunk mm-hmm. down to a, like, KB Toys level of, <laughs> of Like fidelity. Baby's first Gundam? <laughs> yeah, and the eyes don't look cool. Like, yep. <laughs> you know, the, it looks like a Christmas toy. It's very fun. And aside from, you know, a, a couple of characters, they don't really animate anything in, in, in a shot except for, like, the mouth, right? Like, in a lot of anime. But that's not bad, because when Cousin Jeffrey shows up, you're not paying Cousin attention Jeffrey. in the fourth episode, the Hamptons water magic guy. Oh, you don't, you don't <laughs> oh, care yeah. 
that guy is the son from the boondocks that's that's the that's the guy who came back from iraq okay and you you know you don't care about his you know his face not moving much you care about the fact that he comes in does donuts on a four-wheelie calls Kaz a city bitch, and then talks about how he accidentally turned his bros into butterflies and had to go catch them. God, all in the same accent. It's so good. <laughs> it's, it's, uh... No, know, it actually it, is. The show, the show uses its resources effectively. The cadence of, like, just, like, the mush mouth, I'm talking like a guy who's relating a domestic situation I just instigated, mm. but talking about turning his friends into butterflies through water magic. But it's all <laughs> in the cadence of pissed off redneck. It's, it's so fun. Um, in terms of the background music, um, we typically get very like high society sounds. Um, yeah, you know, expect background. to hear a lot of Beethoven and Mozart and shit. Yeah, light piano, string quartet. It's it's the sounds of high society. Um, there are also long stretches without music, which I thought made the vocal styles more stark. Like, you can tell that... At some points, you can tell that the studios they recorded in had different acoustics. Like, yeah. just going from Kaz to Lexi. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a little it's a little obvious. It doesn't get too much in the way, because, again, overstimulated. But mm. uh, I wouldn't have minded a little bit more attention to the integration there. And they have a more, like... Uh, energetic like horror almost sound for the occultish scenes um, but yeah most of the time it's it's high society setting there is a mm-hmm. funny part at the end of the first episode where Kaz you know he won the shot for the field hop- hockey game for the West Side Gentleman oh boy never comes back uh, and he tells Charles like hey Charles play Vivaldi and yeah. he's, he's like in D minor sir no in E major <laughs> in E flat major and that's the theme, but yeah, that's the theme to the entrance of an episode. Yep. They're doing the anime thing, where at the triumphant we won the game thing at the end of the episode, we play the intro music. Yep, yep. <laughs> like we yep. just won a shonen battle. Yep, that's exactly it, what it is. It's tastes such like. a it's such a small thing that's so like clearly anime focused that you have to you kind of have to have been in a lot of anime to catch that as a as a valuable nod. The, the creator might not have considered this anime, but damn if it wasn't heavily influenced by mm-hmm. it. It's presented as an anime. Archangelo and Jaden would not have as many feelings at each other through the course of the show <laughs> if it was not anime. I think the true strength of the show is all in the dialogue. It oh, yeah. slays me. <laughs> yes it's sharp and hilarious and has so much of that self-deprecating tone this is again like every time i think maybe it's not satire maybe this was done with no intentionality for how shitty it makes Jaden as a person look nope known understood listen to this sentence that happens mm. in neo yokio pink christmas where the the framing device <laughs> is that charles is telling him a bedtime story about himself yep because that's who that's all he has the attention for yep uh and he tells a good amount of the story which is basically just an episode of neo yokio and uh, he's like i like the way you went with a hyper realistic story it's very gritty (laughs) which he's been talking entirely about the bachelor (laughs) ranking boards and the secret santa that's gonna be you know yeah it's just like I i could use a little bit more whimsy I, I do want to talk more about the dialogue. I got distracted. Are you gesticulating with a jar of peanut butter? 
Oh, I guess I fucking am. <laughs> <laughs> How are you like this? I don't know, man. Like, I've just been kind of spoon feeding myself peanut butter in lieu of meals sometimes. <laughs> so I just sort of have one at my desk like a vagrant. <laughs> <laughs> Kaz is going to have some words about you, sir. Uh, <laughs> vagrant. No, it's going to be it's going to be chic. Um, but I, yeah, I, Helena I love... is gonna is gonna be eating out of jars of peanut butter before you know it. Because Kaz, left to his own devices, or with the you know sycophant Charles as his lone sounding board, will say the most introspective, like cringy shit. And so he'll talk to Aunt Agatha, and he'll be like, "Why even is the world? It's no point in existing in it if this is all it's going to be." And she's like, "Listen up, you little shit. We got work to do." <laughs> yep, keep you on task. Uh, and those, those those moments where he's uh, aggrieved by the melancholy of some mm. sort, um, he always kind of dips into this self 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 uh, self uh, sacrificing kind of kind of monologue, like a very Shakespearean "woe is me" sort of little thing. Um, it's, and- it's almost like he knows that his life has no actual problems, so he has to invent them, or else he'll feel bad about the fact. He has to announce it because otherwise no one can see it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it's very good character. Damn. <laughs> um, I will say uh, there are some pacing issues with the episodes that do not go down smooth for me. I think that the extended joke of Charles doesn't have a battery is is yes. hyper focused. Ironically draining. Yeah, it's it's. I don't know what the intent behind that joke was. It doesn't play very well. And it doesn't um, go anywhere. Well, it goes to exactly one punchline at the end, but and which is a good punchline, but it just it could have used all it whenever the show draws focus in a way that isn't either Kazcon's a pathetic uh caricature of a man that doesn't know how to escape his life, um, or just anything with Lexi, then if it's not one of those two <laughs> Uh, I don't feel like it really knows where the focus should be. I mean, in a very, you know, we're getting we're getting wrapped around the old self-referential axle again. But like, if the show's not looking at Kaz Khan, it kind of doesn't know what to do. Yeah, that that's definitely true. Um, like even in 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 Pink Christmas, when um when uh when Charles starts his story focusing on the sales clerk, Kaz interrupts and is like, well, "This isn't about me." <laughs> <laughs> like this isn't relatable yeah. no i kind of get that like i don't want to <laughs> kind of want to go watch cascon being a shit again <laughs> yeah yeah and i i think the pacing is a is a good point like a cup there are a couple of these episodes that i think are just brilliant you know start to finish they nailed it mm-hmm. but it does feel like they kind of nailed it by accident or because they had a lot of ideas they wanted to cram into one place and then they're you know episodes five and six it's just they had one and a half episodes worth of thoughts and they had to pad it out with action scenes and it just doesn't do action very well i mean the school spy thing with the hellenists also doesn't really sit mm-hmm. particularly well to me it's like, like oh this guy ideas. this guy could be you know this guy could be a double agent but like no you're just not aware enough of other people <laughs> yeah i mean like that's where the show really shines is is all the punchlines wherein kaz is pathetic <laughs> is, is it enough for me to like this show a lot if strictly half of it is not good <laughs> the half that isn't good is just is is kind of non-offensive chum but the half that's good is really good <laughs> right and I, maybe it's just because we are experts at 
dissecting a thing that is we we've logged so many hours into dissecting Hanna Barbera animal pellets for mm-hmm. the bones within. <laughs> that uh I don't know if most people would bounce off of this with an appreciation that we have. I have to assume that most people are like if half the episodes are bad, it's a bad show, and I don't necessarily disagree. <laughs> it's just, it's such a unique thing, and it's, I guess, also, it was undersold to me. It's like the opposite of what happened for um, Yuri on Ice, where, like, yeah. I was expecting more. I was expecting less from this, and then it over-delivered. A lot less. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, almost nothing, and I really. Think, I think when I watched it originally, like... Uh, I, I might have watched like the first episode with Charlie or something like. Yeah, how did you come away with with a with a dismal portrayal of it? Because I only got it like through memes. I I think we saw that it was coming out and we were like, okay, this is gonna be ridiculous. And we watched an episode, and then I might have like sat on it for a little bit, and then I watched the first episode again. I watched the second episode, and those two hit me well enough where I'm like, it's it's six episodes total. Like, what am I doing with my day that I can't at least see how this plays? Yeah, yeah. I guess it's also like a lower bar for entry if it's only six episodes. Oh yeah. Like it if if it's even half enjoyable, it's not like I won't watch twenty four episodes of a half enjoyable show. Mm-hmm. But I'll watch. I'll watch six. I mean, it's also just like the guy from Vampire Weekend and Jaden Smith made an anime. Jude Law showed up. Yeah, it's kind of like fuck? Chance the Rapper's a werewolf now. <laughs> Let's okay, yeah, I'm, you have an hour of my time. Yeah, it it does it does kind of have that that pull of just random celebrities that you don't know very well decided to do something that these celebrities are not known for. And this was this was five years ago. Netflix wasn't just shoving everything it could onto its streaming service. It had right a degree no, of a... selectivity at the time. <laughs> no, yeah, this this made a a big impression when it landed. Um, Generally not positive, but I, I have a very positive. Uh, I think we just have too much of a refined it. palette uh, that other people I, can't appreciate the smooth finish of everybody calling each other a herb. An insult I have not heard since my teaching days. <laughs> well, as Ka- as Kaz Khan would say, I don't need drugs to have a good time. And then he sips a martini. That happened. It's such a good. It happened like, and the martini was drugged. No, before that, he <laughs> just says, "I don't need drugs to have a good time." While sipping a martini, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is again very good self-deprecating. Oh yeah, they people in those social circles do not consider dr- drinking beer. Ain't drinking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, this is this is just my party cocaine. Yeah, <laughs> it'd be rude to say no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, only I socially. Th- I do think that, uh, you know, that there was like one animation moment that I was very impressed by where like he gets drugged and he get, you know, we see through him that tunnel vision of like yeah. running to the sink and just kind of kind of yeah, weird around it. That was a really good animation sequence, actually, yeah. like that. Clearly, they had a bigger budget by the time the pink Christmas thing rolled out. Uh, a man overstepping his own boundaries at a high society party so that he can fit in had a more intentional animation sequence than fighting a demon skull. Oh, yeah, easily. Because it's much more interesting. It is more interesting. Um, Sorry, I got uh, a little bit sidetracked because when you said this is just my party cocaine, 
the the notion of like <laughs> of non-party cocaine no no no, no. It, it reminded <laughs> me of that one uh politician uh i don't remember what his name was uh but he got roasted recently because he was talking about going to republican parties and there being key bumps in the bathroom oh yeah yeah, yeah that asshole yeah, and, and just, like, the notion that you are so embroiled in a world wherein that is a normal thing that you just bring it up, like, <laughs> as though it's nothing. Um, that is the level of, that is, that is the level of ostrac- self-ostracization that these, that these people <laughs> yeah. have. Yeah. Um, I, I love watching a show about rich people being shits and not realizing it. Well, what the necessary component for that is that the show realizes it. Yeah. The the joke has to be that these rich people are shitty and we know that. And we know that you will know that when you see it. Like they're both parties have to be in on the joke. Otherwise it's alienating. If yeah, the show it, it's... just I mean, that's kind of where the the core of Fraser comes in, right? Mm-hmm. Like Fraser's not a good dude. <laughs> <laughs> you know he's he's a self-aggrandizing narcissistic selfish asshole yeah um and it's only because the show frames it that way that we can be like ah, i get the joke it does require a degree of trust on the show's part that we get it um i think that this particular show put its its foot forward on that strong enough where you don't act you don't need to go you don't need to work very hard to cross that hurdle yeah if if it was a question of like, it, is there like, enough evidence to give me the permission structure that this is tongue in cheek? It succeeds. It succeeds it's like, admirably. It's like Blazing Saddles, where it's like, if you don't have the self awareness to realize that these white people are the dumbest people on the planet, right? Then maybe you shouldn't be watching Blazing Saddles. Yeah, maybe you're not the target audience here. You don't, <laughs> maybe you don't possess you missed- the necessary subtlety of why Tyler Tyler Durden wasn't a super cool good dude in Fight Club. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, I want to fuck like a like a horse as well. I don't know who that was supposed to be. That was uh the horse fucker. That old chestnut. <laughs> uh I think we're done with this. Let's yeah. let's let's shelve it until next pink Christmas. I um, I think I think we've had the only acceptable take on Neo Yokio. <laughs> I honestly can't imagine <laughs> God, you're just you're getting me wound up again. How dare you? You did it I on just, purpose. I just I just love that you you came to see this the way I did. It was a real roll of the dice for me. Do you actually see it that way? Like that Yeah. Like is that is that legitimately the only Yeah, I just we're, we're agreeing. I, I think 100% I think if you are giving this an honest read, you will see that it is harshly critical of the super rich and that it is poking fun at itself at every turn, and that you are not supposed to think Kaz Khan is a good guy, but maybe he's learning, but it doesn't matter because the system is exerting too hard a pressure. I, th- I think it's very clear about this. At being at my most generous, generous, he is at least an innocent prig. Uh, mm. That doesn't mean he's not a prig, um, a, a prig herb, I guess. But you, you have to pronounce he, the H for it to be an insult then. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, he is at least innocent. So mm-hmm. the, the permission exists for him to technically have a growth arc. But um, <laughs> yeah, that's not the point of the medium. I'm very glad that we agree on this. Um, if you have anything that you disagree with us about, 
Neo Yokio. I actually do want to hear it. Like, I respect that most people have harsher takes than ours. And, like, we're we're kind of building up a straw man of a person to argue against. So, everyone out there, if you have any weird takes about Neo Yokio that you want to tell us so that we can, like, read them up and, like, try to figure out where the antipathy is coming from, I want to hear them. And you can go mm-hmm. to fancybat.com slash cartoncast and leave us a comment about that. Uh, you can also leave us a rating or review on our podcast. It really helps us out and it validates our existence. Um, Zane, what are we doing next time? Uh, well, next time we are going to be watching Samurai Jack Season 5. Um, another show that had uh, quite some takes when the fifth final wrapping up season came out. Um, yep. I vaguely remember it and expect it to be just you know, solid action show with a little too much melodrama. I think that's probably where it's going to happen. Um, I think what I'm going to be looking at is because it was when I came to it the first time, it was very hyped up. I was just so happy that it was there. I was, yeah, I was happy to have anything. Um, but I might. I'm going to have to go back and, and look at it all again. Um, yeah. Maybe coming out of the last season of the old Samurai Jack show. I don't know. I don't know. We're reheating this um, to compare it against the original. And I'm I'm frankly excited to to see what I could have missed in my new to season five Samurai Jack fervor. Yeah, because uh, it was spicy at the time. And how about after that? After that, we are going to try something old, by which I mean we tried to do it before and it didn't work. We're going to try <laughs> it again, Zane. <laughs> We've gotten much better at pirating media these days. Oh yeah, we're 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 pretty much professionals at it. Uh professional casuals. So, um we will be watching Tasmania. Yeah. We tried to do it a long time ago. We were both enamored with the character of Taz as just a a a, a, a animal muppet thing. Mm-hmm. I don't remember why we liked him. But uh, I'm eager to go back to one of those kind of ensemble cast clip show, multiple different arcs in a single episode, Tiny Toon Adventure type of shows. Yeah. Yeah. And I expect we'll diverge uh, significantly into the Tasmania video game. Oh, it was okay, if I recall. You ate birds. (laughs) Um, He was so hungry. Yeah, Yeah, and then after that, you know, we've got... uh, a couple more things already figured out, but we're not going to share them yet. But episode 200's coming up. We got scrambled. We got movies. We got yes. some good stuff coming. Wait for us, the coastal elites, to tell you what to be excited about. Yeah. You peasants. And if you want, you know, a little sneak peek, the head of the Sphinx will fall off in the near future. No, you're not supposed to say that about the president, <laughs> Zane. Um, anyway, thank you for joining us. And... uh. What what's a good way to end this one? I don't think we've emphasized enough that it's called Neo Yokio. I don't think we've talked enough about at, Crazy Boy. At at some point, did the, did New York and J- Tokyo have a merger? What or would be? <laughs> was it always like this? I, 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 worth noting. That's why uh, Hikikomori is the. Uh, it comes up so much. Hikikomori. Hikikomori. <laughs> they just. They just like send it back and forth to each other like that's supposed to be like as though it's just understood terminology by every person yeah mm-hmm. 
do they really call him the Ichiban? Yeah. <laughs> if it isn't the Ichiban. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, we was in the rack. What did you do? We was looking for weapons of mass destruction. Did you ever find them? You know goddamn well we ain't find them. What are you, some kind of political humorist? You guarantee you know up in this bitch?